talked this morning, uh, we started um, a while back. We were talking about discovering your gifts, discovering your part in the body, discovering where you fit. And uh, we, uh, we spent a few weeks setting that up. We talked about, you know, every person is a minister. Do you remember that? Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, you're a minister. Do, do you think they believe that? You know, a lot of times you think minister's the guy at the front. You know, you know tell them you're a missionary. Tell, tell them that. I'm watching, Robin. I'm watching. <laughs> tell them, you know, tell them. Tell them that, that, that and that's, that's where I say, a lot of times we don't, we don't realize that, you know, every person here is a minister, every person here is a missionary. Those, um, I'm not going to go back over that again. Those are online on the website at uh, kingswaychurch.ca. You can find them there. Uh, and I would encourage you to listen to that. Then we talked about the, the gifts, the, sp- the other gifts, the motivational gifts, the things that are wa- hardwired into you, the, w- the reason why you see something a certain way. You know, it's, we talked about that, where there's, you see a drunk guy, and, you know, a drunk guy comes into church, and, and he's, like, soiled himself. And, and then, there, you know, the prophecy-motivated people would be like, I perceive that he is inebriated, you know? That man needs to change. He needs to repent. And, and the mercy-motivated people are like, hold on a second, that man needs a hug. And the server's like, here, have a call coffee, you know, sober up, it's going to be good, and, and you're all ministering in, in the way that God designed you to do it, it's just different, so a lot of times we see people like, oh, well, that's the way ministry is supposed to happen, that's the way it's supposed to look, and we think, oh, it must not be me, I'm telling you, the Bible says it is you, uh, and it's so, and, and you've been wired uniquely to, to um, minister in a unique way, and then last Sunday, so we're not talking about that either, uh, that's on the website too, you can, you can go check that out, so uh, last Sunday, Mark Jefferson started talking about Holy Spirit. He had a message called, Hello, Holy Spirit. If you missed that, go online and get that, because I'm not going to talk about that either today. Uh, but it just was such a great introduction. And this whole thing actually started because there were some people who talked to me and said, Hey, you know what? It'd be really good if the church could discover their spiritual gifts. I was like, you know, that really is a good idea, that they would discover their spiritual gifts. And so I picked their brain a little bit on it. And they were talking about these, these things that are mentioned in Corinthians, you know, talking about uh, speaking in tongues and talking about miracles and healing, uh, word, of, word of knowledge and word of wisdom, the, the, the gifts of Holy Spirit. And they want to know more about that and discover which ones were theirs. And that's where, that's where I started with all of that and, and kind of trying to lay groundwork all the way up to that point. And I think we're almost there. I, I got to lay a little bit more groundwork for that yet this morning, but next week we're definitely going to be talking about those nine things. So if, uh, if you're curious, it would be a great Sunday not to miss. And if you think, oh, that's all scary and stuff, it would be a great Sunday not to miss, all right? So my goal today is just that I would uh, really want to uh, stir up the desire for more of Holy Spirit's influence in your life, more of his influence in the way life is actually going. Did you know that growing in your walk with God, how many of you want to grow in your walk with God? You'd like to? That is 100% dependent on uh, being filled with Holy Spirit. How many of you would like to learn the truth of his word? You'd like to understand what it says? Yeah, 100% dependent on Holy Spirit. I'll imagine that every one of you raised your hand for all of these, so I won't ask. But direction and purpose for your life. 100% dependent on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Victory over sin and temptation. You know, anybody tired of that? You know, always, always losing to those, that, that, that one thing, you just can't beat it. You know, the Bible says that it's by being filled with the Holy Spirit that you put to death the deeds of the flesh. So it's, it's in that, this being filled with the Spirit. We talked about emptiness a while back and just that feeling of, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I have this emptiness on the inside. I don't get it. I, I, I used to be, be full of joy, but there's something missing on the inside. 
being filled with the Holy Spirit is the, the key to that as well. The actual relationship with God is, is through being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's key to all of it. The, 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 the ability to, to share your faith with someone else is all about being filled with the Holy Spirit as well. That's where the strength of it comes from. So if any of those things, I know I saw you raise your hand to a couple, so if, but if any of those things are um, the ones that would say, hey, this is kind of in my, yeah, you know, I, that, that, that's me. You know, I, I'm, I would kind of like some of those things. Then, then God's got something great for you, and it's, it, it's called Holy Spirit. It's, uh, it's, it's a spiritual gift. It's being filled with the Spirit. The things sometimes we're scared of, is actually one of the greatest things for us. So I want to just take a quick look at, at a couple verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. In the New King James. Did we got it in that? No, it's New Living. Um, that's okay. I blame Dakota. He put it up there last night. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll fight later. All right. Uh, it, it says, oh, okay, you win already. He's, I don't know what I thinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. It, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. And up there you saw, hey, concerning the, 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 the abilities that this, or spiritual abilities that, that God's given us. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says this. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, uh, but especially that you may prophesy. And um, those two verses, you think, wow, they, you know, they're pretty short. But there's, they're loaded with, with uh, things about uh, what Paul's trying to explain to the Corinthian church about spiritual gifts. Uh, Paul says a lot. The first thing he says, hey, regarding spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not understand these things. He says, I want you to understand it. I want you to get it. I want you to know it. I want you to experience it. I want that for you. So that's why he starts this whole thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The second part is that the first thing I guess he wants you to understand and wants you to get and wants you to know is what the English translators try to mess up for us. They threw an extra word in this verse that's not there uh, in, the, in the original translation. You're like, really? They can do that? Yeah, they can do that. Because sometimes they want to try and make it uh, easier to understand. So what they said is now concerning spiritual gifts. The word gifts, not in there. He's not talking about these spiritual gifts that we, that we think, uh, and right away he starts talking about these nine different things, and we think sometimes that's what we're supposed to be pursuing, or that's the, the end goal. But it says just now concerning spiritual spirituality or spiritual life. That's what that word means. Now concerning spiritual life, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not understand it. So he's talking about, about this living by the Spirit. In Corinthians, it's the only place where he mentions these nine manifestations of the Spirit. But in every other book, he talks about, hey, this is how you live by the Spirit. The whole New Testament was written so that we would understand how to live a new life. When you're born and raised by your parents, they teach you how to live on this planet. You know, when you're, you don't even have to learn how to live by the flesh. I mean, as soon as you're a baby and you're like hungry, it's like, <laughs> 6 a.m. Maddox is like, nobody has to go and tell him, hey, Maddox, wake up and start crying really loud to annoy your parents to get you a bottle. He just knows. You know, and my son Lincoln, he, uh, if he wants something, he'd just throw a fit because he knows, you know, hey, that's, that's one way of getting things. You don't have to learn how to grow up in the flesh. We all did it. The thing is, learning how to live by the Spirit, completely different thing. And it's, he says, that's what, that's what happened to us. 
when uh, we said we gave our lives to Jesus is that we live a new life. He put something different on the inside, and the New Testament is all about that. So he says, I don't, want you to be, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not understand. That's my heart for this church as well. I want you to understand what life in the Spirit is meant to be about because it is so, so important. The second thing that he said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Not desire spiritual gifts like the manifestations. Desire spiritual life. Desire to live by the Spirit. You think, okay, that's kind of cool. Wait till you hear this. The word desire in the Greek is the word zelu. Z-E-L-O-O. I thought, man, if I had another kid, that's what I would name her. Zelu. But there's not going to be any more children. So, <laughs> But it says this, zelu. The word means desire earnestly. Earnestly. Pursue it running. Burn with the zeal for. Strive after. Exert oneself for that. Think, oh, okay, hold on. So let's read that again. It says this. Desire earnestly, pursue spiritual life. Burn with zeal for living by the Spirit. Strive after being filled with the Spirit. Exert yourself for living a Spirit kind of life. How many of you said, yep, I woke up and I'm doing that this morning? Just me. Hmm. All right, well, that's okay. I had the sermon from last night. Oh, and good Chris too. But you know what? That's what he's saying. He's saying, you know what? pursue that, go after that, you know, earnestly desire to live spiritually. And sometimes it's like, hey, you know, I realize that, that a lot of Christians, they don't, they don't have that. And then we read this book, the, the book of Acts. It's an amazing, amazing book. There's so many uh, real cool stories about men and women whose lives were affected by Holy Spirit in, in, in crazy ways. You know, there's there's men who had been with Jesus. And I love how Mark talked about that last week. There's guys like Peter. Peter's walking with Jesus. They're homeboys, you know? Like, they're always together. And yet, when Peter's got Jesus right with them, he still, like, epic, epically fails at things. You know, he, he kind of walks on the water, and then he sinks. And it's like, Jesus is like, come on, Peter. I'm like, right here. Just keep your eyes on me. He's like, oh. And they're like, rescue me. And, and, then, and then Jesus is out with the boys, and, and Peter's like, uh, he's talking to Jesus, and Jesus says, hey guys, you know what? I'm going to give my life. I'm going to die so that people would live. And, and Peter's like, no, you're not. You know, what are you talking about, Jesus? You're not going to die. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. You have no idea what you're talking about. Peter's like, oh, you know, whoops. You know, and Jesus is right there. You think if Jesus told you something, you'd be like, yes, I agree with that. You know, <laughs> you're God. I'm not. Okay, I agree. But not, not Peter. Peter's like, he, didn't, he says, you know what, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and, and I'll never deny you. And P Jesus is like, you know what, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before tomorrow morning. He's like, I'll never do that. Sure enough, God is right. Peter is wrong. He denies him three times before the next morning. Why? Because he's missing something on the inside. But then you look at the book of Acts. Peter, the guy who denies Jesus, he's afraid to even say that he's friends with Jesus, all of a sudden gets this, this thing called Holy Spirit in his life. And the guy becomes like a fireball. All of a sudden, he starts preaching with boldness. And he doesn't care who hears it. And he begins to share the truth of Jesus. And what happens? 3,000 people get saved in one day. Why? Because something drastically changed on the inside of him. And, and there's, there's all kinds of others. There's this guy named Philip. Philip, all of a sudden, he's, he's, he says he's filled with the Spirit. And all of a sudden, the Spirit says to him, Hey, go take the, the road. If it was here, he'd say, Hey, you know, go take Indian line over there towards Hagersville. And Philip's like, Okay. So he starts walking down Indian line. He's like, okay, I don't know why I'm here. And he's like, you know, go uh, run up to that Mustang over there pulling that chariot. And he's like, all right. 
So he's like, all right, runs over, and, and then he's like, okay, now what do I do? He's like standing beside, you know, the Mustang, and the guy's looking over from the chair, and he's like, uh, all right. So he's, he's, reading, he's reading something, and Philip overhears him. I was saying last night, my daughter is kind of like that. She, uh, the other day, we're driving, it's raining. She's like, hey, Mom, can you open the windows? Can you open the windows? And, and she's like, no, you know, I don't open the windows. It's, it's raining. And she's like, Dad, can you open the windows? I'm like, no, it's raining. Out. Why do you want the windows open? She's like, I can see the people in the car next to us. Their window's open, and they're talking, and I want to know what they're talking about. And I was like, that kid is just like me, you know? I do that all the time. Um, but this is what Philip does, and he's listening in on what this conversation this guy's having. He's reading the word. He's like, I just don't get it. And Philip's like, oh, I know why I'm here. Thanks, Holy Spirit. He's like, hey, do you know what you're reading? The guy's like, uh, not really. He's like, I do. He's like, really? Cool. Hop in. So he hops in, leads them to the Lord. They stop over at the pond over there and at the quarry and baptize them. And it's like, that, that happened. Real life. Sometimes we think these stories are so far back there, they, they don't apply. Real life. And then it was people who hadn't seen Jesus, like Paul, never saw Jesus. Ananias never saw Jesus. And yet Holy Spirit did amazing things through their life, changed them. So who is Holy Spirit? Mark Jefferson gave a great introduction to that. So I challenge you to listen to that. He talked about being aware of Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. But see, I believe that Holy Spirit is the secret weapon of our faith. And sometimes he's so secret that most Christians have no idea who he is. It's like, it's like the, 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 a couple real quick things about Holy Spirit is, you know, he's not an it. He's a person. It, you know, it's, he, uh, the Bible in English t- talks about it as the Holy Spirit. But Jesus always referred to him as a person, as he. If you read John 14 through 16, he says he's going to come. He's going to do this. He's going to lead you into all truth. You know, it'd be like me saying to, you know, say, hey, you know, this morning I woke up and I asked the Beth to make me some breakfast. And you know what she would say? She'd be like, yeah, you can get your own the breakfast. You can eat it in the garage. You can sleep on the couch for the rest of your life. You know, it's, it's like you don't talk to people that way. You know, it's not like your wife is not the wife or the old lady at home. It, you get yourself in a lot of trouble using statements like that. Why? Because it's a person. And same thing here with Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's the person part of God that lives on the inside of you. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he was um, born again as one spirit with the Lord. And uh, that's, the, that's a, a super important thing. But you know what? It's not just about knowing about him. This morning I believe too that, that as we go from this place that you would experience Holy Spirit. Not just know about him. I know about people. Like uh, for instance, I know a lot about Justin Bieber. You know, it's, he's, uh, he's from, don't laugh at me, you do too. He's from, uh, he's from, he's from Stratford, right? And, and he sings, baby, baby, much better than I can, right? So I know, I know this stuff about him, but does that mean I know Justin Bieber? No. If he saw me, he wouldn't even know who I was. And a lot of times that's what happens with us and God. We're like, oh, I learned stuff. I know about God. I know about the Holy Spirit. I know about this stuff. And we're like, uh, but do you know him? My, my, my challenge for you this morning is to say, I don't want to just know about I want to know him. I, I want that part. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It talks a bit about, you know, like we looked at last week. Being aware of Holy Spirit's presence in your life is step one. Being filled with Holy Spirit is step two. Sometimes you're in, in step one, but his desire is that we would be in step two. Ephesians 5, 18. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. For those of you who are thinking about drinking wine, just right there. It will ruin your life. It says... Instead, be filled with Holy Spirit. So what's it mean to be filled with Holy Spirit? What does that mean? It's a missing ingredient sometimes in the life of believers. And they wonder why life is, as a Christian is difficult. They're missing an ingredient. You ever, ever bake something and forget an ingredient? 
Uh-huh. You know, it's, it, sometimes it's like major, sometimes it's minor. You know, my wife baked an apple pie once and she forgot the sugar. And she's like, I can't eat this. This is gross. This is disgusting. This tastes like store-bought, you know. I can't, you know, we can't serve this. And I was like, man, it actually tastes good. I was like, I'll serve it to Grant Dawson. He's like, yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is delicious. Um, because a pie without, an apple pie without sugar, that's all right. But have you ever tried to bake an apple pie without apples? It was a lemon pie. Right, but baking an apple pie without apples is major. Doing Christianity without being filled with Holy Spirit, you're missing a major, major ingredient in your life. Major. And I want to encourage you to think about that for a second because sometimes we get, we get a little bit scared of some of these things, but there's a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are two different things. Uh, there's, there's some teaching that, you know, the experience of receiving the Holy Spirit is going to look like Acts chapter 2. You know, in Acts chapter 2 is the first time Holy Spirit was ever uh, poured out on people. And it was an incredible experience. They were like 120 people, kind of almost like this. You know, in a room, upper room, we're above those people downstairs. So yeah, it's kind of like this. And then all of a sudden, wind, like the sound of wind just starts swirling through the building. And like, whoa, man, the windows aren't open. And it's like the fans aren't doing it. It's like swirling wind. And then all of a sudden, they, they're like, this is a little creepy, crazy. And they're like looking around. And all of a sudden, little spot of fire over top of Dan. They're like, whoa, something's happened to Dan, you know, like he's combusting right there, right? And all of a sudden, Dan's looking right back. He's like, no, you got it too. And all of a sudden, fire on everybody's head. He's like, okay, guys, something's happening, right? And then all of a sudden, something's happening turns into a language that nobody understands. It's like, I'm saying, you know, um, sing, say, is happening, say, you know? It's like, and they're like looking, they're like, what? You know, it's like, I don't get big Latin. And the, and the other guys are all like, whoa, they're all talking these different languages. And then people thought, man, these guys are like drunk. So it was this crazy, crazy experience that happened. And, and, but what happened out of that? People are like gathering around to see, hmm, what's going on with these guys? And, and out of that, this, this sermon is preached and, and these people are led to the Lord. But it says they spoke languages that they, they didn't understand. And a lot of times what happens is we read that and, and there's this teaching out there that says you have to have that kind of experience to receive the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian and you haven't had that kind of experience, well, then you don't have Holy Spirit in your life. And so people sometimes want to try and go for that. I want to, I want to tell you what, the, you know, what the Bible teaches. Sometimes what happens, we get scared of that stuff. So we run away from the greatest person who can help us. We run away from his influence in our lives be, because we're scared. And I told the story a while back just about, um, I saw it on an email. This, this woman was at a gas station and, and this big monster truck pulls up behind her. And so they're both filling up the tanks with gas. And the woman looks over and she's like, whoa, that guy's like scary, you know. I, whoa, man, like he's like burly. He's got tattoos. He looks like one of Tom's friends, you know. And so uh, he's, uh, he's like this this scary looking guy. So they both fill in the tanks with gas and then the woman's like, oh man, he keeps looking over here. Like, what's going on? She's like, okay, fills, a, fills up her little terse Allen, hops in and she starts driving. Well, all of a sudden the monster truck, he hops in and he starts driving. So she's like, oh, this is a little bit weird. And all of a sudden the lights start flashing behind her. The, the, the monster truck is flashing lights trying to pull her over. And she's like, this, no, no, this, this, that, that, no, that, no, that guy's going to do bad things to me. So she starts booking it. And, and all of a sudden he speeds up. She turns right, he turns right. She turns left, he turns le- left. And before long, you know, woman driver, she ends up in the ditch. And uh, he, it's because the monster truck was chasing her, right? So, um, 
so she, she, I just made sure you're still with me. So she slides, she slides in the ditch. Well, what happens? A monster truck slams on the brakes. He jumps out and the burly guy runs over there and he, she can see it in the mirror and realize, no, no, this is, this is the end for me. And he grabs the door behind her, rips open the door and grabs a guy out of the back seat and says, hey, I saw it on the news that there's a, been a rapist around. He's been hiding in the back seats, waiting for women to drive out into the country and then raping them. And it's like, he says, I saw it when I was up in my truck. He said, I tried to stop you. What were you thinking? You know, you're taking off from me. He's like, you know, I'm trying to help you. Sometimes it's the same way. We book it away from Holy Spirit and we think, oh, this stuff is going to, it's scary. I don't want that in my life. You know, and you're running away from the greatest person who can help you. So I want to challenge you. You know, I say saying too that, that, that God has your good in mind. He, he wants for your good. As a dad, I want the best for my kids. You know, my kids say, I want to eat McDonald's every day. I'm not going to give them McDonald's every day. Why? Because I have their good in mind. They're going to eat some of that, that spinach, uh, you know, whatever stuff that my wife makes. They're going to eat that, you know, because it's good for them. It's this thing I want to ask you to trust. God, I believe that you have my good in mind. That you would never give me anything that's bad. And he even said that to the disciples. You, know, I'm not, you, ask, you, you ask your dad for, a, for a bread. He's not giving you a snake or a stone. Like He's going to give you what's good for you. And he says, God's going to do the same thing for you if you would ask for Holy Spirit. He's not going to give you something crazy and weird. So don't be afraid of it. See, the thing is, you already have Holy Spirit in your life if you're a believer. He's already there. From the time that you say, Jesus, I I, I turn my life over to you. I, I give up on, on what I was doing and I'm going to follow you. Say, so how do you know that? Acts chapter 2. Peter, the very first sermon that he preaches, he tells the people how to receive Holy Spirit. He says this. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter, when he had been preaching, they said, Peter, what do we do? And he says this. Each of you must repent of your sins. Step one. Turn from that old way of life. Turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, pretty awesome. What didn't he say? Go into an upper room with 120 of your friends. You know, sit there and then uh, start saying banana backwards until your lips like start going free and you speak fluently in tongues and then we know you're filled with Holy Spirit. And yet, I've, I've been around where that's happened. And it's like, okay, you know, and Anna, and, 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 what? And then it's like, oh yeah, I can do it now. Anna, 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 Anna. And they're like, yes, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And like, all right then but there's nothing there. So I want to I encourage you with the thought that Peter just said, hey, when you give your life to Christ, he gives you Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, as he writes to all these other churches, he says things like this, those who don't have the Spirit and God living in them aren't of God. So the opposite is true. If you are of God, you have the Spirit of God living in you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14, uh, it says this, that it's the guarantee. Is that up there? Yeah, cool. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And this verse is it right here. Now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. We're the Gentiles, by the way, just in case. It says, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. It's how we know that we're the sons of, uh, and children of God is that he has given you his Holy Spirit. So it's already on the inside of you. He already is living there. You don't need to try and receive Holy Spirit. So a lot of times as Christians, we're like, oh, this, this thing, you know, I can't be bothered because I just don't want to go through that. It'd be like me saying, oh, you know, I really want a black bucket. I just wish I had a black bucket. You know, anybody can give me a black bucket. Oh, God, please, 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 please. I really, 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 really want a black bucket. You're all looking at me like you're crazy. You already got a black bucket. 
right? The same thought as that. We say, oh, I really, really, really want Holy Spirit. I really want Holy Spirit. He's already in you. You already have him, uh, him living inside of you. So it's this thing of, there's a difference of, of that's how you receive Holy Spirit. The second part is not that you would just receive Holy Spirit. It's that you would live life being filled with Holy Spirit. Life filled with him. Ephesians 5, 17 to 18, it says this. We looked at this already, but it says, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't just live your life kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of going through life. It says, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Hey, this is a real, like, God, what do you want me to do? He's telling you right here. He says, this, this is what God wants you to do. And then he starts with this. Don't be drunk with wine. It says, because that will ruin your life, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what God wants me to do. They seem like two seemingly unrelated commands. You know, okay, God, what, what do you want me to do? Don't drink wine. Oh, okay, and? And be filled with Holy Spirit. Well, how do those two fit together? Well, they do. If you think about it, when you drink wine and you're under the influence of wine, what happens? You think differently. You think, I could take Alex Vischer. Yeah, I could easily fight that guy, you know? You, you, you start to talk differently. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, I'm all big now. Go ahead, man. Take your best shot. And you know, that's it. Lights out. What happens? You begin to act differently. All of a sudden, you're like, some people are like, yeah, that's why I drink, because then I can have fun. You know, I'm not fun without it. They, they act differently. That sometimes gets you into bad things. But he says, instead of that, be filled with Holy Spirit. Be under his influence. Because what happens? You'll think differently. You'll begin to think differently about you. You'll begin to think differently about other people. You'll begin to think differently about your situation. You'll talk differently. You'll begin to speak truth into your situation instead of fear and worry and doubt. You'll begin to speak life into relationships instead of, oh, my husband, blah, blah, blah. You'll speak hope into situations that have no hope. You'll act differently because what happens when you're full of the Spirit, He bears fruit in your life called love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, how many of you are Christians and sometimes you find yourself, you're not very kind? <laughs> Why? Because you don't have Holy Spirit? No, you do. You have Holy Spirit, but you're not filled with Him. You've received Him, but you're not filled at that point. It says this, this filling of Holy Spirit has to happen uh, more than once. It's, it says that it's, it's, um, it presupposes that, you know, being filled with Holy Spirit, the word means be being filled. Be being filled. I, I know they didn't write that because they thought, oh, it's just easier to write being filled. It says keep on being filled with Holy Spirit all the time. Praying, saying, you know, God, would you fill me with your spirit? And you say, well, did the apostles do that? Yep, they sure did. In Acts chapter, you know, 2 where they received Holy Spirit that first time and it was like, whoa, if I received the Holy Spirit like that, then I know that I would never need to do anything again because I would know that God was with me, right? Well, a couple of... It, it, we were saying last night, it'd be like that happens and we all like, oh, okay, you know, Holy Spirit definitely hit Balmoral. So let's, you know, let's go witness. Let's go to Tim Hortons and we go to Tim Hortons and we're preaching the gospel there and we're, you know, people are getting saved and then we're all having sweet fellowship and eating Timbits and it's like, yes, you know, God is definitely moving, I can tell. But see, then what happened is a little while later, they're going out there and, then, and now they're going to Tim Hortons and, and so see, people got angry at them. So now they're throwing Timbits at them, and they're like, man, nobody likes us anymore. And they're like, oh, God, what do we do? Please help us to speak the word with boldness. And all of a sudden it says they were filled with Holy Spirit again. They went out and they spoke the word with boldness again. It says we got to continue. Keep on doing that. Keep on living under his influence. And that is what 
we goes right back to the beginning where Paul said, zealously, earnestly, run after, pursue, living, spirit-filled life. That's what he's saying to look for and say, and, and earnestly desire. And he says, you know what, when the Spirit, when you get filled with the Spirit, it's not that, you know, you get more of Holy Spirit because he's already in you. The thing is that Holy Spirit gets more of you. It's kind of like this bucket. It's full of rocks. You know, if I, I, see, it's half full of rocks. If I filled the rest of this up with water, could I say that I got a bucket full of water? Why not? It's half full of rocks. So, but what happens if I were to remove a rock? It's a little lighter, but what else does it do? It creates space for more water. So his Holy Spirit is saying, hey, as you pray, God, would you fill me? He begins to get more of you because when you pray that prayer, there's things in your life that he might find in there saying, you know, maybe it's a relationship that he says, you know what, you shouldn't be in that relationship. Oh God, but I gotta marry her. You don't understand. You're, I, you know what? I know you're God, but you don't get it. We're meant to be together. And he's like, you know what? Every time, no, she's not the one. She's not for you. You know what? Don't, don't get into that relationship. And you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But what happens? He says, you let that out. All of a sudden, there becomes more things. You say, oh, God, you know, that's what I really want. But he has your good in mind. So as you pray, you know, God, would you fill me with your spirit? Some of these other things come out. Maybe it's going to be those sins, those things you can't seem to beat. All of a sudden, he's working them. Some of the things are going to be your decisions. Other things are things that he's going to be doing in your life until he says, be completely filled with Holy Spirit. Spirit-filled people experience and demonstrate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. They don't need the Ten Commandments. There's no law against that kind of stuff. You treat people that way, there's nothing, nothing that, that needs to be different. It says lives that are lived differently towards others and people see Jesus in you. So I leave it all with this last question. How can you be filled with, the Holy, with Holy Spirit? How can you be filled with Holy Spirit? Because my, my, my prayer and hope for our church is that we would be the people that Jesus want us to be. And he said that you would zealously pursue spiritual life, that you would be filled with Holy Spirit. This is what I want you to do, not just kind of aim and wander aimlessly through life. I was reading um, Ezekiel this week, and there's a story in Ezekiel where he has this vision. He's got a, he's got a dream or a picture, and he, he sees a, a temple, and, and that's where the presence of God used to be. And it says, out of the temple came this river that was flowing with life. And he says, and he says so then I saw that, and I said, I stepped kind of in the river, and it was like, it was up to my toes, and then this guy was with me, and he says, okay, keep coming, come a little farther. He's like, come out this far. So he walks out this far, and it's like, all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, oh, okay, now this far. He's like, writes down, well, now the water's up to my knees. And he says, okay, keep coming. So he keeps coming. He's like, oh, now it's up to my waist. He's like, and it's really strong. And he says, okay, now keep coming. So he keeps going. And, and he gets way far down into this river. Now he says, now I can't even stand anymore. Now I'm just like swimming. I'm swimming in this thing because I can't even stand. It's like, it's, it's moving me. The same thing about being filled with Holy Spirit is that same principle. You can, it, it, it's up to you. You can say, hey God, I, I want to surrender this much of my life to you. I'm just going into the toes, you know, like that's, that's all I want. But I can promise you, you're missing out on most of what uh, God wants in your life. I can promise you. That you're you're, you're going to be struggling with sin. You're going to have uh, rotten times in your relationships. You're not going to be effective in leading people to the Lord. You're not going to understand what you're reading the Bible. It's just because it's at this spot. But saying, God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? You begin to step deeper into this, into, into what life with him is like. It says that's the, the, and the life that flows from his presence comes through. So how do you get there? Two things. 
Number one, it said it. Pursue it. Desire it. Earnestly desire it means I'm looking for this every day. God, I'm, I'm asking for this. I'm hoping for this. I'm studying this. I want to know this. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Would you reveal yourself to me? There's an actual active part of us in pursuing it. And it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 29 uh, to 31, this was the second time that the, the apostles said, hey, we need, we need you, Holy Spirit. It says they simply asked for power to live boldly as his servants. You pray that prayer saying, God, help me to be bold as a follower of you. Guess what? You're going to need Holy Spirit to do that. And he'll gladly answer that prayer. Yeah, I want my kids to live boldly for me, to preach his word, to be his witnesses. Remember we told you at the beginning you're a minister? God, that guy Mark said that I'm a minister. He says you said that too. You know, I don't know if I believe that, but I sure don't know what I'm doing. God, would you just give me the strength to go and actually live that out this week? Pretty simple prayer. He will answer that, filling you with his spirit. And you'll see. See, the thing is, the key to all the manifestations of Holy Spirit, they can only happen when people are filled with Holy Spirit. And it says it's not, they're not weird. They're meant to help you uh, win the lost. They're helped, meant to, uh, to live life and see things happen. We'll see that next week. Luke 11, the last thing it says, and I already shared this with you, is that when a, when a child asks his father for something, his father says, I'm going to give you good stuff. So he says, all you got to do is ask. Ask. Don't ask for Holy Spirit. He's already in you. Just say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me today? I surrender me. I give you my rocks, whatever you need. Would you just come in and fill me? Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I ask today that you would lead my life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pray through my words and through my prayers. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead us into all truth today. I pray that you speak through my words. I pray to lead me to shine as a witness, shine as an example of who you are, Jesus. Would they see your love and your spirit in, in me and in us? I pray you bring me under his lordship today. God, if there's rocks in my life, I just pray again that you would reveal those and remove those, that your presence would be uh, more in my life than it's ever been before. God, and I pray that for every person here, that if they have the words, right words to say or just the right intent of the heart, that you would honor that. God, and I pray that uh, as they go from this place seeking you, just saying, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill my life, that their life experiences, the things that happened this week, would just be so incredibly different because of that, that they would recognize that in their life and be able to share that with us next week. Father, thank you for your word. Thanks that you uh, didn't just leave us to sort of figure out life on our own, but that you gave us your truth. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you're our comforter, you're our guide, you're our friend, you're our teacher, that you're taking us on this journey. Lord, I pray that today each of us would have taken one more step in that walk with you. There's people here today who don't know you, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. Uh, through, through your word, through your love. And I pray they'd have courage to uh, decide to, to follow you, to trade their life uh, of mess-ups for your life of, of perfection. Uh, God, I thank you again for this great group of people that you've blessed us with, that you've called to be a family. I pray you bless them today as they're heading out, that they'd be lights that shine bright for you. God, their homes would be filled with your presence and your joy, your love and your laughter. Uh, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for again for this opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen.